Welcome to the Soul of Islam radio podcast with Ahmed Saqamini and Ihsan Alexander. The time for the Islamic Renaissance is now. May the peace, the mercy, the blessings, and the light of the divine be upon us all. My name is Ahmed and I am a physicist, a poet, and deeply committed to the reawakening of the human mind and heart through art, science, and spirituality. Ihsan is a spiritual coach committed to spiritual awakening within the Muslim community and beyond. He is the creator of several leading-edge coaching and online educational programs designed to cultivate greater awareness, spirituality, and success. You can learn more at his website, ihsanalexander.com. And you are listening to the Soul of Islam radio podcast. It is a weekly program dedicated to sharing the deeper dimension of Islam and supporting your personal growth and spiritual development. I am Ahmed and I'm here with my good friend and brother Ihsan. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. Welcome to the Soul of Islam radio. This is Ihsan. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's light and mercy, grace, protection, and guidance be with you wherever you are in the world. May His support and protection be with you and your loved ones. Welcome. Today's podcast is on the spiritual dimension of fasting known as siyam. Just like dhikr and salat, or remembrance and connection, siyam too is a gift for the human mind and soul. It is known that this practice has physical and mental benefits, but the effects that it has on the soul are of extreme importance and do deserve to be reflected upon so that we can deepen our understanding and get the most out of this beautiful practice. A'udhu billahi minash shaitanir rajeem. Bismillahir rahmanir rahim. Was salatu was salam ala ashraf al mursaleen sayyidina wa nabiyyina Muhammad. We begin seeking refuge from Iblis, Shaitan, and any negative influences, and we begin in the name of Allah Almighty, and we ask for peace and blessings and light upon the heart and soul of Sayyidina Muhammad, his family and his companions. Asaum, fasting, is, as pretty much everybody knows, one of the five pillars of Islam. When Sayyidina Jibreel salam came and asked the Prophet in the hadith of Jibreel, what is Islam? And the Prophet salam replied with the five pillars, fasting during the month of Ramadan is one of those five pillars of Islam. One of the most foundational aspects or spiritual practices of Islam. Now fasting has been a spiritual practice and a physical practice throughout millennia since the beginning of time by various traditions and various spiritual paths. In fact, virtually every spiritual path has seen the value in fasting, has incorporated it to some extent in their tradition. Yet it is unique in Islam that an entire world population fasts for 30 consecutive days or approximately 30 days, maybe a couple days, a day or two less, for an entire month essentially as a community throughout the world. There are countless benefits to fasting, both physically, emotionally, psychologically, as well as spiritually. And in this episode, we will be diving a little bit deeper into the deeper dimension of fasting. 
أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم يا أيها الذين آمنوا كتب عليكم الصيام كما كتب على الذين من قبلكم لعلكم تتقون صدق الله العظيم That was chapter 2 verse 183 Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the creator of the universe in this verse addressed the believers, the mu'mineen. And he clearly says that siyam, or sawm, which means fasting, has been written, has been decreed upon you, the mu'mineen, the believers, just as it was decreed upon those before you, from followers of different prophets at different times. Allah is telling the believers that siyam is an ancient practice due to the human being's need of it. And why does the human being need siyam? Allah is saying that the believers should resort to fasting to implement this practice so that one may attain taqwa, divine consciousness, awareness of Allah. And just look at how this ties into the spiritual dimension of Islam. He's addressing those who have achieved belief, who have attained a station of belief in him, in his angels, in his prophets, in his books, in his decree, and in the day of judgment. Even deeper, he's calling on those who are at the stage of Islam, and for two reasons. The first being is that when he said that Psalm, fasting, has been decreed upon the ones at the stage of Iman, belief. He said decreed only because fasting is a pillar of Islam. It is a fard, it is mandatory, and it is a part of the foundational structure upon which one can rise to the higher stages of Iman and Ihsan. The second reason behind why he's calling upon the ones at the stage of Islam is because the call itself is an invitation to rise, to transcend to the higher stages. Allah is inviting us to attain higher stations of awareness and nearness. And any invitation from the divine is an invitation of love and guidance. We just make the choices within and he guides us along the way. So what is fasting exactly? The basic requirements of fasting are that the believer takes no food or drink from dawn until sunset. So there's a pre-dawn meal called suhoor, which is usually enjoyed up until dawn. However, once dawn arises, once dawn comes in, there can be no food, no drink, up until sunset, when the sun actually sets. During this time, there are other limitations as well, such as intimacy with one's spouse, etc., that would invalidate the fast. Essentially, during fasting, we are refraining from the body's needs, its physical appetites and hungers and desires. Fasting, a saum, is an exercise in restraint, in discipline, in the cultivation of self-control, in the cultivation of mastery over one's physical or lower needs, lower body, lower self. When we look to the example of the Prophet ﷺ, his whole way, his whole path, the very purpose of his mission and his message was to gain mastery over the self and ultimately transcendence of the self so that we can 
again, connect with Allah Almighty in the Divine Presence. The Prophet of Allah taught, by example, that it is the lower self that bars us, that veils us from this greater divine connection. It is the needs and the hungers and the appetites of the lower self that veil us from truth and from reality, that bind us to the material world. It is this lower self that keeps us trapped within the veil of dunya, veiled by matter, veiled by materialism. And it is fasting that then begins to provide for us an opening into a greater state of awareness, a greater state of consciousness. There is a deeper dimension to fasting as well. And this is the higher level of fasting. The Prophet of Allah said that there are some who get nothing from their fast except hunger and thirst. Just as we must fast from the lower self, the body, a higher level of fasting involves fasting from the mind, fasting from non-conducive thoughts, and ultimately fasting from thoughts altogether, so as to awaken a deeper level of consciousness and awareness. Imam al-Ghazali, the great teacher and leader, the reviver of the religion, stated that the real fasting is the fasting of the heart meaning that in the real aspect of fasting, we fast from everything other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That the heart is so bound and so connected and so immersed in the Divine Presence that everything other than that, everything Allah, is left behind, is left aside, is transcended. Not only do we simply not eat and drink, but we surrender all thoughts of worldliness and all attachments to worldliness, attachments to the self even, Ultimately, the deepest dimension of fasting is fasting from the very self, from the mind. This is experienced in deep meditation, in muraqaba, in which one learns to progressively slow down, quiet, still, and ultimately surrender the mind. In deep meditation, as was the practice of the Prophet ﷺ, often throughout his life, especially in Ghara when he would take to seclusion for days, sometimes weeks at a time, it becomes important, it becomes imperative for us as Muslims, as believers, as those seeking to walk in the footsteps of the Prophet Muhammad Wasallam, to learn to truly fast at the deepest levels. And this means to go beyond simply being hungry for a while, but it means ultimately to transcend the lower world, both the body and the mind. This is the path to Allah. And He subhanahu wa ta'ala says, that fasting is the one act of worship that is for me, and I will reward directly for it. Everything else is for the self, it's for us. It provides us some benefit, but fasting is purely for Allah because we are leaving everything behind, including ourselves. True fasting, the reality of fasting, is transcendence of the world, transcendence of dunya, of both the body and the mind. In that same chapter that I'd mentioned earlier, Surah Al-Baqarah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala continues later in verse number 186 by saying that Ramadan, which is the lunar month in which fasting as a pillar is implemented. He mentions Ramadan because it is the month in which Al-Quran in its entirety was brought down and the word Unzila was used. And this means that the Qur'an was brought down from his realm to the lowest heaven, to the lowest dimension in the month of Ramadan. And from the lowest heaven, 
Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam would receive revelations from that book over periods of time. But what's important to note here is that the month in which we fast is the same month that this holy book was brought down. The book of guidance and wisdom for the human mind. The book of discernment between truth and falsehood. And that's why the Qur'an is known as the Furqan. It is also known as the book of remembrance and the mother of all books. So it is in this month that this book was revealed. And if anything, this points to the Qur'an as being the primary focus of the human mind and soul during the month of fasting, the month of Ramadan. Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, may peace and blessings be upon him, said that the month of Ramadan is the month of his people. In essence, it is the month of the ones who chose the path of Islam, the path of surrender to the divine. This means that this month, the month of Ramadan, is an opportunity to do some serious walking on the path to Allah. As Ahmed points out, the Holy Quran was revealed in Ramadan in the month of fasting, helping us to realize Allah is teaching us and showing that guidance from His Divine Presence reaches us when we are fasting from dunya, when we are in a state of transcendence, that guidance reaches us when we learn to subjugate or sublimate our lower selves, our physical desires, as well as our psychological appetites and desires. As we learn to bring our bodies and our minds into a state of submission, into a state of surrender, into a state of stillness, into a state of Islam, for example, in deep meditation, in deep presence, in deep dhikr, that is when the consciousness of the heart begins to awaken, open. The heart consciousness arises and awakens when the mind is still, when the body is still, when the lower self becomes transcended. And it is the heart that is in connection with the Divine Presence of Allah. It is the heart that is in connection with the eternal source of guidance and light. And through fasting, through deep fasting, true fasting, from the mind as well as the body, we cultivate our connection with Allah and open the doorway, the channel, for inspiration to flow into us and into our lives, for guidance to flow into our lives. We spend most of our lives seeking to survive and to guide ourselves through our own thinking, through dependence on ourselves. But it is only through surrender and total dependence upon Allah Almighty that we can truly be guided. Guidance is from Allah. And this is what it means to truly have tawakkul, to truly trust in Allah and not on ourselves. Not on anything else and not on ourselves, not on the mind. We are at a point in human history where the mind is now becoming more harmful than beneficial. There was a time when the mind served us well enough, but now the mind is causing more problems than it solves. And it's time for us in this age, in this time of renaissance, in this time of progress and awakening, to learn to go beyond the mind, to transcend the mind, to awaken the consciousness of the heart. When we as a community learn to live from our hearts, and from our souls, we learn to live and walk by Allah's will, with Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, with His power, with His light, with His guidance, with His will. As we learn to surrender our will 
Allah's will begins to take over. And then we become true representatives of the divine. We become a true Khalifa of Allah Almighty, as was our destiny when He created us. Allah Almighty created us to be divine deputies. But this is only possible when we truly and absolutely affirm La ilaha illallah, that there is no God but Allah. And the greatest false God, the greatest idol, is the self. It's the mind. It's ego consciousness. Fasting is a powerful, a beautiful way to cultivate mastery over the self. The self, the nafs, is like a wild animal. And if we are brave enough to admit it, it is in control. We are not in control of ourselves. We literally are not in control of ourselves. And it takes just about 10 or 15 minutes to try to sit in silence and you'll become aware of how little you are in control of yourself. Try to sit in complete stillness for 10 or 15 minutes without a single thought. If we are in control of ourselves, this should not be a problem. But how many can sit for even a few minutes in control of their mind? It goes to show that we are not in control of our minds, of ourselves, but that the mind, ourselves, are rather in control of us. How can we progress spiritually? How can we draw near unto Allah when we are completely run, governed, and driven by ourselves, by the self, by the nafs? We cannot. There is no way. Only through mastery of the self, only through discipline of the self, only through the submission and surrender of the self can we draw nearer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. By fasting from food and drink, from dawn until sunset, we learn how to discipline the body. But it is through meditation and muraqabah, through deep dhikr, through sincere tafakkur, that we learn to discipline, to surrender and fast from the mind. We must transcend both the body and the mind to awaken the spirit, the heart, the soul. This is the deepest dimension of fasting. And holy Ramadan is the most beautiful time to experience this. This is why fasting was such a valuable part of the life of the Prophet of Allah He fasted not only in Ramadan, but he fasted consistently, always. Often on Mondays, very often on Thursdays as well, very often on what is known as the white days, the middle days of the month, the lunar calendar, as well as excessively in specific months and times of the year and holy days such as on Muharram, the six days of Shawwal, Yom Al-Arafah, as well as in Shaban, in Rajab, and other times of the year. Fasting was the way of the Prophet of Allah He lived his life in a state of zuhud. He loved to fast. He loved to take just what was necessary from this world and never allow the lower self to gain control. He used to pray, Wasallam, Ya Rabbi, don't leave me to the hands of myself for even the blink of an eye. This is the Messenger of Allah, Insan al-Kamal, the most perfect human being, praying to Allah, Ya Rabbi, don't leave me to my nafs for the blink of an eye. How much more disciplined and persistent, how much more vigilant must we be as believers, especially in this day and age, where we are inundated with everything for the lower self constantly. Fasting becomes even more important in this day and age, in our culture, in which we are plagued and bombarded with materialism in which our appetites are seen as virtues rather than restraint. Now let's take a moment to reflect on fasting. We know that the self, the human mind, 
the thing that we all identify with to be who we are. And hopefully we know now that the self is not who we really are. But who we really are is the union between the self and the essence that resides inside of the heart. This union can only happen through purification, through discipline of the human mind, through walking the path of selflessness, through implementing the practices of Islam, through transcending the physical world, through constant remembrance of the divine, and only then that this kind of union is possible. And Allah is loving and is merciful, and which is why He gave us the gift of fasting. Think about it. What is the real goal of Psalm, of fasting? Externally, so that we can become aware of those who have less or none. Physically, it is a detox, a process, where the human body can eliminate toxins. It regulates breathing, allows for more oxygen to reach the brain and the rest of the body. It invites us to adopt portion control when we eat. And we the human beings eat way too much. Alhamdulillah for what Allah provides, but it's by eating a lot that we develop the diseases and disorders, that we become sluggish and lazy. And we can go on and on about the physical benefits of fasting. And they are numerous, but we have to go deeper. What is it that we are trying to achieve? See, Siyam, fasting, invites the human mind to be aware of not only the food that's put into the body, but of everything, everything between the self and the world. Fasting invites us to be aware of all of our senses, of our desires, of our attachments, of our passions. Fasting is a huge spotlight on the human mind. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told us through Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that in the month of Ramadan, Shaitan, the evil whisperer, is locked up. And a little side note here, Shaitan or Satan is actually very weak. The human mind at a certain level wants to blame, and what better way to do it than to put all of it on Shaitan. And I'm not being the devil's advocate here, but what I'm trying to say that despite his weakness, he does whisper a lot. And many of us do not have the awareness to distinguish between the whispers of the shaitan and the voices of the human mind or the self. But due to the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He removes the whispers of shaitan from the equation during the month of Ramadan. This way, any bad voices heard in the mind are only from the self. Now, the self lives off and through the human body. It is through this vehicle that the self attaches itself to the world, fulfills its passions and desires, feeds and satisfies its senses. So siyam, in a way, is a severance of all of these attachments. It cuts off the supply to the commanding self. It pulls the plug, literally. And in a state of sum or siyam, or abstinence, the human mind has to be mindful, has no choice, has to be mindful and aware of what it hears, of what it sees, of what it says, 
of its own thoughts, of its feelings, an expression of anger, of satisfying its lowest desires. And through this process, one can become aware of one's own faults, of the diseases that occupy the heart, of one's selfish tendencies. And once any disease is identified, it is found. And when it is found, one can ask Allah for it to be removed. And one should act upon it through discipline, through heart purification, remembrance, seeking the guidance and the wisdom of Al-Qur'an. You know, if one is mindful, aware, disciplined, consistent, and thankful, one can draw nearer to Allah through the month of fasting. SubhanAllah, it is truly a month of introspection. It is a month that cycles with the orbit of the moon to realign the human mind on the right path on the path of selflessness, the path of love and compassion, the path of remembrance and awareness, on the path towards the essence of the heart. And what is that essence but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Fasting is not to make us weak, but to make us strong. Fasting is to teach us that in reality we are dependent on nothing other than Allah Almighty, that we actually need very little from the world that we need not be so dependent on the world, but that we can cultivate a greater level of dependence and trust upon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now the benefits of fasting are many, the health benefits are many, not the least of which is purification mentally as well as physically. It's a detox, especially when fasting is observed properly. And as we know, Islam is for the purpose of purification, for the purpose of detoxification for the purpose of clarification, purification of the entire being. If we do not observe fasting well or properly, this can actually be counterproductive. And we see, especially during Ramadan, very often fasting is not observed in its excellence. So we'd like to provide a few suggestions for observing fasting in its excellence, inshallah for the most amount of benefit. Number one, take a light and healthy meal in the morning pre-dawn, before dawn. This can be a little bit challenging, especially when the days are long during the summer months and the night is short, but it's important to take at least something, at least a couple of bites of anything, because there's barakah in that time. There's divine blessings in that time before dawn, and if we take a little bit of food, it will sustain us, inshallah, throughout the day. Number two, when it comes time to breaking the fast, to try not to overeat, and to try our best to be patient and to eat foods that are healthy, vital, and alive, closest to their natural state. The body is trying to detox and purify itself, and the organs are being purified during this time of fasting. It becomes more conducive to the fast to eat healthy, clean, natural foods. What we eat affects our consciousness. It affects our state. Food has consciousness, and food closest to its natural state is best not just for the body, but for the mind and for the emotions as well. Do your best to incorporate raw, vital, healthy living foods into your diet during Ramadan. And do your best to avoid the overindulgence in rich and fried foods, heavy foods that put greater tax on the body and on the mind. With proper observing of fasting, you'll find an overflow and abundance of energy during Ramadan and during fasting. Try to avoid the rich, sweets, excessive caffeine, etc., these things will further dehydrate the body. 
In addition to observing the excellence of fasting physically, fasting is a great opportunity to engage in meditative spiritual practice, in meditation, in dhikr, in muraqaba. Fast not just with the body, but also with the mind. Fast not just from the body, but also from the mind. Use fasting as an opportunity to transcend the lower self altogether and awaken, strengthen heart-based living, heart-based consciousness. When the body is fasting, it's easier to transcend the mind as well. So take advantage of a meditation practice, especially during times of fasting. And as we, as a community, learn to observe fasting and its excellence, especially during Ramadan, we will, as a community, only draw greater light, greater barakah, greater guidance, greater divine support from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We will increase our spirituality as a community and our light, and it is through our spirituality that things will begin to change. Let us not be of those whom the Prophet said they get nothing from their fast except hunger and thirst. Let us observe fasting and its beauty and its excellence and towards its true purpose of transcendence. During times of fasting, especially during Holy Ramadan, it's also a beautiful time to cultivate relationships within the community, spiritual-based relationships based in sincerity, in brotherhood, in sisterhood, in light, and in love. And this is a very important time to look towards those who are new to Islam, those who may be experiencing Ramadan for the first time, who may not have extended families that are already in Islam. They may be on their own. This is an extremely important time for us to come together as a community and build the bonds of love between one another. This is the time to invite one another and to see who in the community we can invite for iftar, for breaking fast together. One of the greatest ways to increase brotherhood and the strength of our community and sisterhood is to break fast together, to fast together and to break fast together. So as an additional suggestion, during times of fasting, let us do our best to welcome those new to Islam and to welcome one another and to strengthen our relationships among one another, relationships based in spirituality, in love, in sincerity, in humility, in generosity, in compassion. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala guide us to excellence in all of our ibadah, especially in fasting during holy times, such as in Ramadan al-Kareem. May He subhanahu wa ta'ala continue to inspire our hearts to draw closer and closer to Him with our ibadah, rather than letting our ibadah draw us further away from Allah. May He, may the light in the Prophet's dua, make us to be a community and a nation of excellence, a community that shows humanity the most noblest way of living, the cleanest, purest, most blessed and divine way of life. May we truly learn to manifest Al-Islam on every level, physically, mentally, as well as spiritually. May we be true representatives of Islam, of our Holy Prophet and of Allah Almighty. And if you are listening to this episode during the month of Ramadan, Ramadan Mubarak to you, to your family, to your friends, to your community. And let us remind ourselves that this beautiful month, the month of Ramadan, is an opportunity to transcend the physical world, detach ourselves from it, and draw ourselves near to the Divine Presence. Alhamdulillah wa shukrullah for his inspiration and his guidance. This brings us to the end of another episode of Soul of Islam Radio. 
please continue supporting this work by liking us on Facebook and subscribing to this podcast on iTunes. And for more information, if you feel inspired to support Soul of Islam Radio, you can make a donation on our website at soulofislamradio.com. The month of Ramadan is a great opportunity to subdue the mind, to cultivate awareness, to have intimacy with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in a state of contemplation and meditation. This is, if anything, the best time of the year. It is an opening. One can accelerate during this month towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And what better way to do it through remembrance and meditation. So for more information, please visit islamicmeditation.com. And with that, may the peace, the mercy, the blessings, and the light of the divine be upon us all. Assalamu alaikum. ورحمة الله وبركاته